It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What's up, Banker? Hello, Bankers. Oh, boy. Boy, do we have a treat for you. This has been the wildest 24 hours in our life. Yes. We have a very, very special guest for you. Brian, I- I'm I'm speechless. Um, I'm speechless too. I mean, listen, we didn't grow up caring about motorsport or or <laughs> any of this stuff. It, it, we're such new fans. And the, the fact that like now it's become like our religion. And then one of the best parts of this is that there's it's just such a wealth of amazing stories and all this stuff and we've like started with formula one and now we have a, just a legend of motorsport period end stop on the podcast today we have the man the myth the legend willie t ribs on the podcast welcome gentlemen you're welcome it's your podcast now we're guests on, on we're your just podcast. living here Give it. We're giving it's your it world to you. we're just paying it rent is- Man, that was a beautiful contract you guys sent me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is now the uh, Willie T. Ribs podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's your podcast. Um, so for those of you who don't know who've been living under a fucking rock, <laughs> Willie T. Ribs is the first black person to test a Formula One car, first black person to uh, race an IndyCar, qualify for IndyCar, race an IndyCar, First black person to win an IMSA championship and first human being to be suspended from an IMSA race. Am I correct, Willie? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 first uh, person, I think, maybe ever to call Charlotte Claire Chuck, which has yeah. taken the internet and the world yeah. by storm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you were if you were a recent fan um, and you didn't know anything, that is pretty much the only significant thing you've ever done in your life was call <laughs> Charlotte Claire Chuck. That that is like. That will be on your headstone now, according to some people. Called Charles Leclerc Chuck. I almost went Chucky Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and what 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 made you like ease off the throttle with the Chucky Baby and just and just um go with Chuck? I, I wanted to keep it serious. I mean, I knew that uh, you know, Formula One is big business and it's the biggest right. show uh on the planet uh, on four wheels. So um what I've always done and why a lot of interviewers and drivers, et cetera, and sponsors have liked me is because you got to be human, right? You got to make people feel comfortable rather than, you know, being so serious that they won't open up. And after, uh, you know, after about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, he started to open up. Uh, uh, Max really opened up. And, and so did uh, Carlos. Your dad raced cars, right? But not in like a professional, he did it more as a hobby. Like when was your, the first time you stepped behind the wheel and thought like, oh, this is, this is it. When I was born, actually before I was born, my dad was racing dirt track. He was on uh, a dirt track bikes. My dad, I, my dad was 29 or 30 when I was born. So he was racing uh, 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 a flat track dirt track. Well, once I was born, I don't know, I was three, two or three years old. He went and he moved to racing sports cars and he had Elvis and uh, Lotus 23s. And it was all, you know, family business paid for it. So I knew, I didn't know when I was through the first race I went to, I was three years old. It was Laguna Seca, Monterey. And, you know, with my dad and, and I started driving at nine years old. Mm. I actually, I mean, it was hard because I was pretty short and I had to slide <laughs> down and I drove his Morris Minor 1000 and then my brother's uh, Lotus Cortina. And then they said, well, you, we're going to have to start putting him up on the ranch. So then I was driving the tractors and, and combines and any, I wanted to learn how to drive everything because it was just to know. Mm. And when did you actually start? You didn't actually start racing competitively until uh, Europe? 
or till I went to England. I got wow. my racing license there. I got my racing license at, through uh, Jim Russell. My driving instructor was Mike Hull, H-U-L-L. Mike Hull has been with Chip Ganassi forever. He runs Chip Ganassi Racing now. And I think Mike himself, as a team manager, has won Indy at least three times. See, now everyone competitively races since they're five. But you just went in as like when you were like 19, 20 and just learned how to race, having just drove around a ranch for your whole life. And then, well, I mean, a lot of the old school guys look at Jim Clark, for example, look at Graham Hill. I mean, you go down the list of drivers who really never started racing until mm -hmm. they started racing. Right. In right. And, and then your first when you started and then you and you win your first year. Yeah. But I but the upside for me, gentlemen, is that I grew up in the sport. So mm. the language was about racing the language was about the technical side the language was about um understanding what a car does and 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 how to make it perform and how to drive it and then you then you then you go to europe and you compete in formula ford right and you talked about how the the um the motorsport world of europe was way more uh accessible and permissive of a of a, of a, of a black race car driver than the united states well, I, I didn't. I knew, always knew I wanted to start in England. And it was the best thing, it was the best move I made to start there because I didn't get any pushback. I didn't get any pushback based on uh, color or, or nationality uh -huh. or religion. It was just, I was a driver. And that, that uh, uh, still remains. When I see, uh, for example, Ross Braun, who I'm good friends with. It was a great relationship over there. I went and I won in my first season, right? And yeah, yeah Formula, Formula Ford, Ford correct? Yes, and Mansell and I started together. And you beat Nigel. Oh, uh, I didn't beat him. He was in two different championships. I was in one championship, he was in another. Okay. I mean, and when I raced with him one time at Brands Hatch and I mean, we beat on each other and him and I ended up second and he ended up third. And we met on the back of a truck. They say lorry over there, right? Right. Well, we we were all Michael Rowe, who won it. Matt, uh, myself and Mansell were all on the back, riding around, waving, doing the Queen wave <laughs> right, to, right, to, right, to right. the crowd with a, a laurel around our neck, and that's how we met. And, nice. and 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 I and I heard in another interview that you used to fight people for money to sort of pay pay your pay you know, have some walking around money in England. Is that true? I did. <clears throat> Every Friday night, there was a, I forget the name of the pub, but there was a pub in East London that, you know, they had a ring roped off and guys would bet, you know, and, and go in there and box for money. Right. You know, put on just guys off the street who got yeah. drunk enough, <laughs> who got drunk enough to, <laughs> to put the gloves on and you know had a little liquid courage and went in there and started beating, beating each other up <laughs> well <laughs> i needed i needed some food money now my parents right. were covering my racing money but i needed i needed dinner money and my buddy says hey let's go down there and watch it well we're sitting on the stool and he says hey watch you just going you know how to you boxed in america a little bit and uh so I went in and put the gloves on. Well, I won. These guys were all liquored up anyway. And all I did was drink milk. So <laughs> I won. And then I came back again and won again and the next week and then won again. And I was making about 200 pounds each time. Well, that 200 pounds easily lasts me the whole week. Well, after the third time, they closed, they closed the ring. <laughs> said, okay. Could you imagine George Russell doing that on his come up? Could you imagine something like that? I mean, it's just a different breed of, of, of race car driver. I mean, I feel like if George Russell or Lando Norris had to beat on motherfuckers uh, to, to, to have some to walking around their, money, to, to, to subsidize their racing career, they would just do something else. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I'd like to get him in the ring. Actually, I would like to get the top. 10 drivers 
<laughs> and do a box off one night at the end of the season. Last race is over. You guys are tired. But <clears throat> on Monday, don't get on your jet and go home. I'm gonna, we're going to have a ring. It's going to be pay-per-view TV. Uh-huh. Okay. It would be huge. Who, okay, who would your money be on? Because they all weigh about the same, which is great. They're all about, you know, right. middle right. welterweight. Right. The weight class, you know, maybe Yuki would have to go down a class or two. But who you, who you got your money on? Who you betting on? I just don't know them well enough yet. I haven't been around uh, around the boys and 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 see you know watch watch their athletic prowess um okay. you know see how 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 they move with their feet and and <laughs> okay. and how they're going to turn that turn that turn that fist over and, <laughs> and commit because you know when you when you <laughs> when you step in you're committing this chin right okay? yeah right. you're not going to do this you're going to come in if you got want some leverage so but i would like that would be great for the sport i know <laughs> <laughs> i know the purists i i know the formula one purists they had a problem with chuck right can you right. imagine that <laughs> yeah what this the essence of what this gets to is that like you know there's an element that you're a, a, a showman and that like what what formula one what what we've connected to and and even like when you think about like bernie ecclestone is like a showman that this is this is a show and what we i feel like come up against a lot as being kind of bringing some like brash american energy is that there's a lot of like established formula one fans who like just hated anything related to like this is this is uh, you know it's it's a it's many things but one of the things is is that it's so entertaining and it's a fucking show and, and the and the rivalries and you want to see people just fucking go at it the watching you know and, and and hearing a little bit about your your story and just the the kind of the nature of you know you push me off the track and then we fucking come to blows after the race there's something about that that's just you know it's it's thrilling to watch as a fan well some people call it authentic and it is yeah right it, it is authentic and you know um in the old days you know james hunt he'd give he'd give you a shove and nelson pk he, he he'd throw a kick in there um there's i i think it just uh gives fans and you know for the fans who want it to be stodgy the way it mm. used to and, and, and you know we're getting away from our uh are our roots right look you want to make money you better be you better have some sizzle now there's more sports now you got social media people want to be entertained you got to keep raising the game and they're raising it on the track we're getting that the technical right. side you were getting uh, that bar is being raised every year all year long same with the entertainment side right it must go with it it's also interesting that that you that you felt like the uh, the European formula world was more permissive of of you, but at the same time, it still does seem stodgy. Um, that I just find that interesting that it it can be more permissive and less permissive in other ways, and that the fan base can be you know very buttoned up and very sort of proper. Yeah, they're proper until you say something they don't like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I like that. I like I like their energy to push back. You know, I've always, uh, you know, I got that on on Chuck Gate. Right. That's what I've just been called. <laughs> right. Chuck Gate. Right. There's been there's been some pushback, and you know, and I've always responded by look, look. Have some milk and cookies and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's my response. A hundred percent. Have some milk and cookies and go to bed. That is that is everything. I feel like it, had you been around during this time, during in the social media world, you it would have like your whole attitude and your whole like way of doing things would have just been like a fan's dream. You brought that showman energy. I mean, your signature celebration was the Ali shuffle. Can you talk about like a little bit how like, you know, where that came from within you in terms of like, fuck yeah, I'm the best, suck my dick. Was that there like on the <laughs> ranch or did that start to, did that come when you got like pushback? Like where does that, it, where, in, that thing of like, I'm here, fuck you, deal with it. Like 
where did that come that from? Persona. Yeah, yeah. Winning is very hard. Hmm. It's very hard for Verstappen. It was very hard for Lewis, seven-time world champion, 103 race wins. It, it's in any sport, winning's hard. Well, within reason, as long as you're not breaking the law, you have a right to celebrate. You have a right to celebrate with your team and the people who who support you. And and I celebrated that way. I wanted people to enjoy it and mm. uh, what I enjoy. And, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of people, especially uh, here in the United States, they had a, uh, with inside the industry. And I they they fought hard to keep me out. Well, then when I was winning, oh, boy, you know, they you know, they were really uh, having a, a difficult time with it. But get used to it. That's right. what my grandpa used to say on the ranch. Without mm-hmm. working in 100-degree weather, digging a dish, he says, Bill's character. Right. Well, so so that's so that's what you hearken back to. You, you hearken back to your grandfather when you were facing that pushback when you're in Talladega and people are spitting on you? Spitting on the, on the ground right next. Look, they weren't good. There's some dumb, but they're not plumb dumb. <laughs> right. right <laughs> okay. Right. You can spit the ground. They spit on the ground, but they weren't spitting on me. But you're getting right. death threats, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not everyone has that response. Right, right, right. Yeah. They laugh about the death threats they get. I mean, that well, takes a certain outlook on life. I grew up shooting with my grandpa, right? And mm-hmm. and my son, currently Theo, is right. in the top 10 best shooters in the world, right? right? Top 10 best shotgunners in the world. In fact, he's competing in South Carolina right now. I was never worried about anyone uh, hitting me. I wasn't going to worry about that because uh, I knew how to respond to it. But I also knew how to respond to death threats. But you know the funniest thing about death, the, the, the letters we were getting? Because they didn't have social media in those days, right? Right. You get letters, right? So when we get letters, me and my cousin who played for the Bengals, he's 6'5", 270. So we, and he went to every race with me. And so we'd open, we'd read the letters and you know, the most amazing thing, nearly every word was misspelled except the N word. (laughs) (laughs) C-R-A. It was unbelievable. Uh, And I got a kick out of them. I just thought they were great. That is yeah. not the ex- response I, I I would have expected to hear when talking about a death threat. But you know, you you that that I guess is a healthy way of dealing with it is to laugh. But now I feel like not everyone can can, can laugh at something like that. But well, you were able to. He, my grandfather always used to say, "People that threaten you, all they're really going to do is use the toilet if they keep eating regular." That's what he said. Uh, he said shit. Right. right. All they're gonna do is shit if they keep eating eating regular. So yeah, um, that that was his way of 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 dealing with that of coaching us. He said all big talk, all big talk. Right. And you're right. boys of the you're boys with Muhammad Ali. So it's like, yeah, you want to see my right hook. So so you win Formula Ford in England, and logically and you and you just run out of money because you don't have the the family money to keep progressing and and you couldn't find american sponsorship because probably the color of your skin at that time color of my skin now (laughs) (laughs) no i the the sport and and i'm not going to put everybody in that box but when i came back my parents said look you've got um, four other siblings that we have to put through college and they're not going to be too happy about using their money for to put you in a race car right so i got back and i i met a year or two later i met jim truman who owned red right. defense right and he said to me uh he said what are you doing i told him i don't have a deal he says okay he's and this was in laguna seca monterey he says, call me on Tuesday. He says, I'm going to be traveling back on Monday. Call me on Tuesday and let's see what, see what we can do. And I didn't believe it. I'd heard that, uh, that music a lot. Uh, yeah. 
in my, especially the beginning of my career. And I called him and said, put together a budget for me with a team and earmark where you want to go with it. And we'll, if it makes sense, we'll do it. Well, the rest is history. Formula Atlantic, that, that, that sort of flamed out, right? And then you had to, you had to go, and then you, then, you got, then you hooked up with Paul Newman, right? Well, what happened is I only did a few Atlantic races. Jim, Jim you know, was, had his own IndyCar team. So, um, you know, he, he had to fund that, right? Mm. And what he was, he couldn't give me a full season, but he could give me selected races. Right. And that's what he did. And at the end of 1982, because when I qualified on the pole in Long Beach, it was April of 82, 1982. When I got the call from Paul Newman, it was the day before Thanksgiving, 1982. Uh-huh. And Newman said, um, hey, kid, I got a deal for you. We, we, we only talked maybe 10 minutes. He said, mm-hmm. I got a deal for, deal for you if you want it. It's a first class deal. It's got first class support. And um, and I recommend it if you want it. Well, I told him I said, well, if you recommend it, then I'm gonna do it. And and, and Paul Newman raced in, in that in the it was trans and Paul Newman. I gotta we gotta ask, was Paul Newman quick? Yeah. You know, when you get to a certain age, mm-hmm. um, remember that song by Toby Keith? I might not do it every time, but I'm going to be good once, <laughs> once, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah uh, it's like, it like shock on the Celtics, you know, he wasn't there yet, but every now and again, you saw at the end of his career, you see like these, the NBA, but then like one game, they can, they can, they can, they can, they can do, they, they can turn it on. Yeah. And, and, that, and that was, you know, Newman, he, there were certain tracks he liked. He liked uh, Lime Rock, Connecticut. He definitely liked Road America with all those long straights and that turbo Nissan he had. Uh, I was following him down the straight, uh, the back straight at uh, Road America. And I saw uh, haze coming off his rear tires. That's how much horsepower he had. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. How we made this connection, or you, you know, you tagged us on something on Twitter where, and you were talking about how I think Michael Douglas and and Columbia Pictures had bought the life rights to your to your story, right? In 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 the nineties, there was a story about me in the New York Times magazine. Well, he was on a flight from New York to Europe, and he read it, and when he got back to L.A., he he had his producer, a guy named Pete McAlevey, call me. And said, um, we we really like uh, Michael read your story. Would you fly down to L.A.? We'd like to talk to you. So I flew down to L.A. and met with uh, Michael in his office. And and it was funny because when I walked in there, he had his feet up on the desk. Yeah, you know, like propped up like this. You know, <laughs> and I walked walked in, and Peter up. He said, "Hey," and he gets up and he says, "Well, kid," he says, "I'm really." really proud of you what you're doing we, we would like to uh do something with your career and i said such as and he says well <laughs> um he said we'd like to make a, a a film and i said a doc a doc film or made for made for tv and he's uh, or a movie and he said movie so after about a week of going through the contract we got it done we signed Columbia Pictures was involved in it. We did a deal. A script was written. I didn't like it. Uh, Michael Douglas didn't like it. And <laughs> Columbia didn't like it. And it fizzled. Mm. Why, why didn't you like it? I, I just thought it was, it was cheap. It was mm. cheap. Just the narratives were cheap. The, the, the lines were, were it, it just had no, um, no class to it. Mm. You know, like reading about your story, I mean, it's like this is I mean, it's 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 thrilling. It's there's the cast of characters from Paul Newman to Muhammad Ali to Don King to 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 Bruce, Bruce Jenner. Now, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, there's there's a Forrest Gump like you touched so many different parts of, of 70s and 80s culture. 
I on my wall is a bunch of pictures of all the friends and people and acquaintances that 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 I've had the pleasure of learning from because when you're around a guy like Paul Newman or or Bernie Ecclestone or Bobby Unser or uh, Muhammad um, Ali, Muhammad Ali, you are going to learn something. All you got to do is keep your mouth shut because obviously they invited you into their world one because uh, you, they, they think you've got, you know, some credibility and they think you've got some, uh, you know, you're not a con, someone that is trying to manipulate them for something. Right. And there was trust there and I wasn't going to breach it. We bring this up. Matt and I both write. Matt's a writer by trade. I'm an actor by trade. And we're like, this has to be. I mean, you're, you're, this has to be a movie. This has to be a movie. I mean, there has just there has <laughs> to be a movie about, uh, you know, about your life. It's just so it's it's so fascinating. And I feel like, especially as like Formula One and and this racing world is like gained this new American fervor and kind of like the the stories within it. Well, Karnak, I'm going to give you. <laughs> Give you um, the latest. Yeah. Uh, Showtime has bought the rights to my life story. Okay. For a made-for-TV series, four years, ten episodes a year, produced by Brian Koppelman, produces the show Billions, and directed by Don Cheeto. Oh, my God. That is a done deal. And uh, they're writing uh, storyboards and scripts right now. I see it'll probably go into production in September. I don't know who the lead actor is yet. I'm the consultant. But okay. Um, well, we were gonna say I, we, were, we were thinking I, like who would you I'm want very to pay- stressed about this? I, I, I just don't know. I don't know, Willie, if they are they gonna be able to find somebody handsome enough. I told him I asked him that. I told him. <laughs> it's I true. mean, I'm glad you said that. If you're my agent, <laughs> I'm seriously worried. I'm serious. We were talking about it. We were like, we're like, who could play him? I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you're a handsome guy. You're a handsome guy right now. But, you know, back in the day, I mean, I was like, this guy's, you know, and especially if you think about like the Formula One guys and you're the Charlotte Claire's, the Carlos Sainz of the, you know, these guys are, they're, they're hunkalish, but I'm like, they they don't have, they're, you know, hold a candle to Willie T. Ribs. Here's the thing, Willie, is you were born. I think you talked about being born 25 years too late, be, you know, because of this color of your skin. But I also think you were born 25 years too late because you you were so fucking hot. Like, you know what I mean? They, they really care about how hot these drivers are. I mean, I don't think Jackie Stewart is getting to drive as easy if he's coming around now. You know, <laughs> you want to talk about getting getting sponsorship. If you're no. if, if Ferrari was like, we are getting the two hottest guys to be our drivers this year. And it's a plus that they can, that they can drive. I mean, when you have the looks and you have the pace, it's like it's it sells. Uh, but um, and funny, uh, Muhammad Ali said almost what you gentlemen are saying. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, you 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 might look better, prettier than me. I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he never said good looking. He said pretty. Right. Right. Mm, uh, you got lots of girlfriends and <laughs> you, you talked about how Bill Cosby went to all of his and Bill Cosby was the most famous, most marketable guy in America. He couldn't get you sponsorship. His agency, which was uh, William Morris, William Morris yeah. agency, his agent was the chairman of William Morris agency. His guy's name was Norman Brokaw. And Norman really didn't like Bill being involved in the sport. You know, it's somebody, you know, he's got that old Hollywood image that, you know, a car goes into the crowd. And Bill's name yeah. is all over it, right? I mean, right. he 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 uh he got the jitters every time you talked about racing, right? Or Bill did. Right. And uh so, but Bill said, I want you to do this. Norman, I want you to get us a deal. And I'm gonna tell you, it was even with Cosby and myself. Corp, the corporate America, they they put their head in the sand. Mm. We don't want, them. and they know they knew what was happening. And uh, you know, it was it was well. Black people don't watch motor racing. That was their comeback about every time. They buy right. your products, but you know, and they spend money on you, but uh, uh, they don't watch racing. 
So they're not going to watch support us. But that's a chicken or an egg thing, right? They would watch. Maybe they'd watch if they fucking had a had a black guy in the sport. Yeah, Tiger Woods is a classic example. Right. Yeah. Right. And and, and we've watched, you know, the the Lewis as well. I mean, the the fan yeah. base has, has has grown so much. I've I've heard you talk a little bit about like kind of you know the state of things as they are within the major players of like you know NASCAR to Indy to to Formula One in terms of those that kind of like initiative and you've been a pretty vocal uh, uh, a critic where you see fit where do you where do you see the state of things of like kind of people performatively doing you know making efforts or versus like kind of like real like we're actually making efforts to change things from the ground up there's no question that Lewis Hamilton Sir Lewis Hamilton because I'm going to mm. respect him yeah uh, has made a big difference in in the world of Formula One I mean uh, the continent of Africa, the Caribbean states, I mean, um, the, the real estate, the, the world real estate that he's brought into Formula One in terms of eyeballs, right, and, 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 uh, and support is immeasurable. I mean, mm-hmm. huge. Well, Formula One knows and they've seen that, you know what, this is good for our bottom line. And they hired me as an ambassador for diversity and inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I accepted that role. I was I was racing before Lewis was born, and winning before Lewis was born. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I know the political side of the sport very well. I know the economic side of the sport very well. Um, I I didn't get hired by anyone in in America, whether. NASCAR didn't hire me or IndyCar didn't hire me. Formula One said, we, we really want you and we want you to help broaden our footprint and uh, in, in not just the African-American community, but people of color. And, there, and, and, and there's a lot of people who might say, for what? Well, you want Formula One to stay around, don't you? That's for what, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want it to go away. And uh, it makes money, you know, and Formula One, uh, their, their message is we race as one. Well, I took it a step further. We have to live as one. Mm-hmm. So you race in the Indy 500. And the first time you went, and this is a theme of your, of your seems of your racing career, where like one guy fronts the money to put you in to a, to a situation where another guy wants nothing to do with you and sort of sandbags you. And that was your first experience at Indy. And then, and then, and then Cosby got you your second stint at Indy and, and you were, it was a shoestring budget. Well, I knew it was a shoestring budget. The first year I, 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 the crew chief and I never spoke with each other from the time I landed at Indy. And I knew, uh, I knew it was going to be a bad situation. So I, I walked out and and what and, and why and why do you think that was a bad situation? Um, he didn't like the fact that he that I was the driver. Right. He he didn't like it, so he he, he was not. Uh, uh, Big Naughty sort of uh, George Big Naughty sort of ran everything, but uh, the guy who was crew chief was just uh, he was uh, not a nice human being, and 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 I knew that it wasn't going to work. But that happened a couple of times in your career where you show up to a team where, where, where someone fronts backs you to show up at a team and then the engineer or some some other person is like, I, I don't like that. like there's like no communication. But, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And it just seems so <laughs> illogical to me. There was that- no hands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there, there was no hands. So um, in 1990, um, Bill Cosby called me and said, I want to put you in IndyCar. And so I did a year of some road races in an old year old uh, Lola in 1990. And then in 91, um, Derek Walker uh, left Roger Penske. I mean, not left Roger Penske. Yeah, he left Roger Penske and he, and he went with Porsche. And the Porsche deal, the Porsche IndyCar deal, I think lasted three years, four years. But in 1990, in 1990, so, so I called Bill and I said, Derek Walker should be available. 
and he could we could get him to uh, start start the team. It would be his own team. Bill put up the money. I knew that Derek Walker had some great, great people. He had, for one, he had Tim Wardrop, and he had Buddy Lindblom, and he had John Waters. He had he had a half a dozen guys that were just absolutely as, as good as it gets. That gave me a lot of confidence, even with the shoestring budget. Right. Mm-hmm. And can you can you talk a bit about <clears throat> Because in in the doc you talk about like the the nature of of driving at Indy itself and and how it's unlike any other. Because I think growing up uh, watching it, it was kind of like the oval racing. I think oh never excite. I was like, what's I, I? That's what was kind of exciting about seeing you know like circuits and watching Formula One is the kind of but you, you know you talk about how like the the corners that it's not just a pure oval that each corner has. It's own. It's it, they're all distinct. They're and all that, four separate corners. Yeah, right. And and it's it's a it's a corner when you get out of the corner and you unwind, and then uh-huh. you turn again. Right? right. That's a corner. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if you're constantly going, you know, you could mark it one, two, you know, three, four, you know, the first part. But this is an actual corner, and all four of them are different. And you know, Indy was. It was built in 1911 on dirt. It was real narrow. Well, it's still narrow now, um, even though it's 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 paved, and it's only nine degrees bank. And and you know, there's some dangerous tracks on this on this planet. Isle of Man, I would think, is probably the most dangerous. Mm. But Indy is definitely in the top three. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of drivers have died trying to be in the race. A lot, of, uh, a lot of drivers have died in the race. And it's one of those places that you really, every time you go out, you want, you, 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 you want to try to get the handle on it. You want mm-hmm. that car to perform because, you know, you get a hot, windy day, uh, you might as well park it. I mean, you could, at Indy, for example, if you went out at nine in the morning, or even 11 cars good right mm. whether the the ambiance is cool you're getting pretty decent downforce and you go in the garage and don't touch a thing and come back out at two or three and you're wondering who in the hell t- what what did they do with the car right and because it, of the it, wind well not just because of the wind but the uh thinner air right so you're not getting the downforce that you want, right? Because ah. uh, hot air is thin air. Cold air is heavy air, which okay. gives you more downforce. So, yeah, it, it, it's an amazing place that you really never get to know completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember like hearing that, you know, when Roman Grosjean went to IndyCar, he was like, his wife was like, he, telling him he couldn't do the ovals. Like, there was something so dangerous about the ovals that that made that made it you know more of a hazard than any other track well you're and, going uh, you're going i mean you were topping out at like you know average speed of like 250 miles an hour right yeah well not quite that quick uh um, okay. right now they're running about two buck a buck two uh 240 down the back straight and then they're cornering about two 223 224 sometimes more i mean so they're almost out flat the- out they're yeah, almost flat out. Yeah, you're almost flat out. You're going to see average speed this year of 230 to 232 oh miles per hour. And in your documentary, Crazy. in your documentary, you t- I I was I wrote a question for you. I was like, when you're talking about how how hard Indy is and how much pressure it is, I was like, how how did Willie deal with that pressure? It then cuts to you and you say something about how you put both your fucking feet oh. on <laughs> yeah. the gas. That one time. And, yeah. Yeah. Just that one uh, when that, it was when it was do or die, it was the last time chance you had to qualify. You put both your feet on the on the gas. I put my left foot on top of my right foot and and just make sure it was down. Make <laughs> sure there was no reflex action. Cause sometimes you'll get into a corner and not even realize you lifted. Mm. Right. And you don't even realize it's so subtle, right? And then you come in uh, the pits and you're going over the, the telemetry 
and they're asking you, um, you said you were flat out in turn uh, three. Yeah, I was. <laughs> no, you weren't. It's about about 90, 90% there. Right. Or, or 80%. But it was just such a it was such an inspiration. It's like, you know, how you deal with pressure. You fucking fully commit. You just you put the second foot on the gas. And it was like it was so poetic. I mean, the, the documentary was incredible. I was like near close to tears and you were going to fucking qualify for Indy or you were going to be peeled off the fucking asphalt. And there was no other w- way about it. Actually, the qualifying laps, the four laps, because you got to do four. Right. For an average speed, it, they were easy. They were easy, and when the car when the car works at Indy, it's easy to drive. It does mm-hmm. exactly what you want to do. It's not it's not sort of walking up the track in the center or walking up the track during the exit, and definitely not loose uh, uh, on entry. Uh, that's that's a that's a, a, a sentence to get hurt. Yeah. But I've only seen one driver that could drive off turn four sideways nearly every lap. And I said to, I saw him at Miami on Sunday. His name was Juan Montoya. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, Montoya and I were doing, doing some interviews before the race. So I grabbed him by the arm and I said, I said, man, you, you ran every lap in the center off with, 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 uh, with reverse angle angle in the steering in the steering wheel. And he says, Oh yeah, it was it felt easy to do. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you talk about being easy to get into the fence. He had that great a car control. It was the best I'd seen ever on how he could do that. Wow. Every lap. Every lap. I was gonna ask, do you have any uh you know uh People that in terms of like your favorite other, you know, drivers through through the years, people like, is there anyone that like that current and the current uh, who's currently driving that you like um, someone, you know, from your time? Like who who do you you know, who's on that thing for you? Like if you think about the the drivers that you really respect, who's who's on there for you? Well, the, the old school drivers was Bobby Unser. Mm-hmm. Bobby Unser always treated me like he was my uncle. And a good uncle, and I, I, I he, he, uh, and and he knew how I was being targeted, and how and what was happening, and he knew the treatment I was getting, and he was, he was good to me right up until he died, and uh, in fact, I had the honor of carrying his. I was a pallbearer hmm. in his funeral. Yeah. That's the ultimate honor, right? Yeah, to be the only non-answer, right? Wow, and, you know the current drivers today. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I. You know, Lewis has been so good for so long. You know, you gotta res- you gotta respect his his drive and his his motivation. You know, I'm I'm gonna respect that. When you win seven world championships and 103 wins and own every record, <laughs> you got that's that's more than impressive yeah. you won't see that <clears throat> that won't be seen for another 100 years right that right. kind of talent forget about the, whether he's a person of color or not i'm right, talking right. about what he's done so uh in indycar um i like colton herda i like him a lot and a great kid um maybe the some of the older older drivers that are older i definitely like marco marco and i are really good friends hmm. love love him to death and we race against against each other and srx i don't know too many other ones i was on uh i was on a, a show last night with uh simon pagino mm-hmm. right pinsky driver yeah he said mm-hmm. he was really cool i've given him a nickname but i'm not you know, we got Chuck. We had Chuck Gate, right? Right. And he asked me last night, he says, Willie, uh, I want a nickname too. I want a nickname. <laughs> so we're going to announce it. Uh, I get, he's, you know, it's been given. But we're going to announce it soon. Gotcha, gotcha. Willie, Willie, we want nicknames. What <laughs> yeah. are our nicknames? 
Oh no, man! Don't don't put me under that kind of pressure. <laughs> yeah. You can handle Indy fucking yeah, five hundred yeah. qualifying, but you can't <laughs> yeah. handle this. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I, give me. Let me have a beer first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, also, I, I was gonna. I wanted to ask. Uh, in terms of in thinking about your uh, your career and the races that you've done, any like your favorite, you know, your favorite races, uh, your favorite tracks, your favorite tracks. car that you've ever that you've ever driven. Yeah. Like what what's on your Mount Rushmore of your Mount Rushmore for that yeah. for for you? Well, as far as favorite car it was whatever I could win in. Right. I I, right. I I never and I you know a lot of people would eyebrows would would raise up when I told them I never fell in love with a car. Mm. I, I felt it. I, I loved racing. I loved competing. We could be on a rickshaw, but um, I, I never got into, um, you know, a lot of drivers, they'll collect, they'll keep the cars they wanted. I, I don't care about that. Um, what I did care about was winning. And, and, and as far as the tracks were concerned, you know, I broke them up in three or four parts. My favorite uh, street course probably was Long Beach and Australia. Service Paradise. I like those two. My favorite road course was, uh, I'd have to say, Sonoma, Monterey, I don't know, uh, Mid-Ohio, those. My favorite short oval was Loudon, New Hampshire. I liked Loudon. Mm. And my favorite big oval was uh, of course Indy because of how important uh, and how challenging it is. But the one I really liked racing on was Michigan. Michigan, you could you could really race each other. But you raced everywhere. I mean, I heard I read I heard a story that you raced your fucking rent. You you had a teammate. Was it IMSA <laughs> or was it was it uh, Trans Am? Where you raced the you raced your teammates in your rental car? Yeah, it was Wally Dallenbach. <laughs> and was this we IMSA? Were, no, this was Trans Am. Uh-huh. And, and we were in Phoenix, Arizona, Chandler, Arizona. And on the way, um, we both came out of the hotel at the same time. And it was race day, and it was about eight o'clock in the morning, Sunday. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of cars. And we raced from the hotel all the way to the racetrack. I mean, off the road, we were running down the highway. We would have, uh, we would have got put in jail. <laughs> right. At least I would have. Right. It, yeah. And right. We Phoenix. were, we were, we were uh, and, we, and we had a great time doing it. And that wasn't the only time we did it. One time we raced in reverse. <laughs> we raced in reverse. Well, you raced in reverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We raced in reverse. It was not, a, it wasn't a long, it was maybe a couple of miles. But we were in uh, in Lincoln County. <laughs> only a couple, only a couple of miles <laughs> racing in reverse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow! And I have to ask, we have to ask about the time that you threatened Bruce Jenner with physical violence. I, I, all I said, I don't know if that was a threat. In fact, I just saw Caitlyn Jenner this weekend in Miami. We right, talked for a long time. She's got her. Yeah, she's fact, got her uh, a, a stand up her new uh, W series team, which has got Jamie Chadwick and she's gonna, you know, she's cleaning up, cleaning up. Yeah. She opened up. I mean, not many owners in any sport can open up on their first gig with a win. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Chadwick is one hell of a driver and she's going, Yeah, she's going to the mountaintop, but Jenner and I did a stand up in one of the hospitality suites on Sunday. I think it was Saturday or Sunday before the race. No, Sunday. And we talked about Portland, Oregon, and um, <laughs> with with you know, Pruitt. Yeah, with Pruitt, and we didn't mention about what I said I would do with that javelin. And I, <laughs> I well, Pruitt knocked you out of the race. You were two laps ahead. Yeah, Jenner's at the time. Bruce was racing with uh, with Pruitt, and Pruitt knocked you out of the race. Right? Yeah, they were teammates. And uh, with you know two laps ahead, he took me out. Well, after the race, Gurney says to me, he says, don't go down there and see him. I, I didn't. I didn't. I took off my driver's suit, got in my clothes, had my bag on and going over the uh, footbridge over the from the pits to the parking lot. Out of nowhere, I see Jenner and uh, Pruitt coming at me, going slow. 
and they were, you know, going through the parking lot. And so I stopped Jenner and uh, Pruitt, Pruitt and I had a little come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> so um, as I was walking uh, away, Jenner gets out of the car. And I just said, look, look, you in this too? I said that uh, I said spear. I said spear, and it's really a javelin. I told him what I was going to do with it if he gets, if he does, if he goes at me. So um, my brother promptly calls me and says, "It's not a spear; it's a javelin." <laughs> <laughs> you, you should call. You should call. Caitlin and correct yourself and be like, sorry, sorry, it was a javelin. I meant that it was a javelin. <laughs> and that's what I, that's. And that's the only thing I'm sorry about. Um, was was uh, was Jenner quick? He had uh, there was days when Jenner was sort of like Paul Newman. Right. Mm -hmm. Although Paul was quicker than Jenner. Mm -hmm. OK, even, even though he was old enough, Paul was the hell of a driver. Yeah. You know, and Jen Jenner had his moments. Um, you know, occasionally he uh, you know, if he had a teammate like Pruitt, you know, as a pair, they could they could run, you know, at the top. Okay, so we gotta ask you, we gotta ask you if you so you were, were you watching Abu Dhabi or are you not gonna speak on that? My, well, well, I've been asked this like a hundred times. <laughs> okay. And I, and I Formula One was concerned about my answers, and I told him my my name is Bennett. And I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We we had a feeling that now now that you're, I can tell by your hat that you that you that you're that you're um you're going to plead the fifth on that one. Um, but let but I want to ask you a different question, Willie. Let's say you won in Abu Dhabi. What's that week looking like with Willie T. Ribs as as the world champion? Like how? So so first we're getting out of Abu Dhabi because we're coming with you. How are <laughs> yeah. we celebrating? the world championship victory what's that week depending, of depending on how long they how hard they let us party and where i mean you're you, world you, champion let's say we can, we can get, get on, a, we can get on a jet we can get on a private plane we can go anywhere Let, let's 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 go to monte carlo and party or you know <clears throat> get some sleep and we can go to vegas party um and and i'm going to tell you with this uh 2023 uh vegas race mm -hmm. formula mm -hmm. one is signed 10 year deal 10 yeah. years in vegas it's going to be i predict uh 500,000 people over 3 days easily 500 yeah, yeah. 500 so <clears throat> no what we we would party that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> i mean if i wanted now at 67 years old we'd still party i mean right. you know, i you know go to bed at 12 but you know <clears throat> not like the old days <laughs> but that's what it's that's what it's all about because how often does it happen in your life right right well, what you said to you said in your in your interview with max verstappen you said you know that ali said that when you're champion every day is every day is like christmas christmas morning we were we were, we were trying to think like is is just is max you think max living it living living his life like that you think he's 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 taking the bull by the horns when it comes to to living it up as a champ well he's financially he's going to He's married now. <laughs> sure. Um, he, he's keeping, you know, he's playing father and and uh, and and being professional. But when I said to him, right at the end, I said, Muhammad Ali said to me, when you're champ, Christmas Day is every day. Mm. And I said, Merry Christmas. He like lit up. <laughs> he lit up. And somebody, a couple of people said, how'd you get like Max to do that? I know you don't see him smile like that, honestly. Like he's no. he's, he's pretty tight. He's pretty, you know, he's pretty serious all the time. I've okay. always speculated. I am not an actual race car driver, but I've listened to race car drivers talk about racing a car. I always said that it sounds like racing a car is a lot like eating pussy. And <laughs> that's what I thought. You know, you don't want to push the equipment too far. You got to know your equipment. You got to you got to. You thought this you was gotta, a serious interview, but it's not. We're called yeah, the Red Flags for a reason. Yeah, it's yeah. we're we're and, we're, then, we're and then everyone's telling me I'm crazy and I'm stupid. And the, and I listen to you and you talked about 
Well, we made Driving a ranking. Cars like making love. And we made a ranking of which drivers um, eat. <laughs> who can eat the best pussy of all the drivers? We made a, a, a list of uh, uh, of that whole thing. It's written down. It's a it's a whole thing. We had a fan actually make that list for us. Willie's literally wiping his Why did I say yes to this interview? (laughs) You were like, two seconds ago, I was talking about diversity and inclusion. Now they're doing this (laughs) shit. What is going on? What did I sign up for? You know what? I I have to. um, I I can't comment on that. I got a shock collar on, right? It's right around my leg. (laughs) You're like, he's like, he's like, I have a Showtime show now. Okay, just come on. This is my moment. You're fucking. You're, come on. Oh, Showtime! Um, Showtime loves it. Yeah, they love it, right? They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're Willie, going all in. Willie, on I it. heard you talking on an interview did, that you had sex during a race. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. okay. That is so it was an endurance race. It was, it was like a twenty-four hour. You know, like you know, you take it taking shifts, right? It was uh, the twenty-four hour of Daytona. Mm-hmm. There was three. It was it was three drivers. It was me, Rocky Moran, and Juan Fangio. And each of us would do two hours. So I let off and then I came in and I think Rocky jumped in and then Rocky got out and then Juan got in. Well, then my uh, second shift, I was done about, I don't know, 11 p.m. So my cousin Donnie, the football player, I got out of the car and he says, um, Let's go get something to eat. So I, we walked to the uh, parking area and it's dark. And I'm walking towards the car and I see two heads in the back of the car, right? Not up high. And then I got there and he just looked at me and smiled. <laughs> and that was it. And, you know, we went back and I did. In hindsight, I probably wouldn't do that now. But, you know. <laughs> I know you don't believe it, but uh, uh, yeah, I we we I had never done that before, and I thought it was exciting to be able to know your car was in the lead, and 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 multitasking, you know, multitasking, yeah, yeah. And and back in those days, you know, drivers, uh, you know, they they were uh, not so scripted as they are now, right? right. You're really scripted now. There's phones and you know, social media everywhere. And uh, the problem with that episode was that when I got back and it was my turn to drive, apparently Dan had found out what happened. And I didn't know he knew it. So when I went out, I did my two hours, I came back in and he said, stay in the car. I said, okay, what are you gonna do? He said, well, we wanna change the gearbox. Just stay in the car and we want you to go do an out and in to make sure it's okay because you you know you just drove it. So I went out after the 15-minute gearbox change. I don't even think it was that much, that long. And when I came back in, uh, after he said stay, I was getting ready to come back in. I was heading for the pits. He said, stay out. I said, why? Stay out. He said, Yeah, stay out. Make sure, stay out, make sure it really works. <laughs> He kept me out there for another two and a half hours. <laughs> so when I came in and I mean, I'd been in the car for five hours and he, I came in and he says, I get out of the car and, and, and Donnie had damn near hold me up. Right. So I sit on the wall and Gurney walks up to me and puts his hand on my shoulder and says, I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Wow. And he, and wow. he, and he had this grin on his face. And uh, and he winked, and I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> What's next? You know where where, you know, like you've you've got this connection and ambassadorship with you have the you have the Showtime show, but like what's 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 next for you? Well, I know I'll be doing uh, TV for SRX, the SS uh, for CBS. Okay, starting June eighteenth, uh, prime time. And I'll do six weeks in a row on CBS beginning June 18th uh, at the SRX uh, uh, show. And I'll be in the pits and then a couple of the gigs I'll be in the booth. That's really what's next. Mm. Um, However, Formula One, um, they could be uh, planning some new gigs for me. 
uh, and uh, especially after the response uh, from Miami. Right. Oh, it went worldwide. Well, yeah. I mean, there were 600 million people and everybody, the, the word was Chuck because I was, I was getting met my son when he said, what the hell did you just do? <laughs> was said, it spontaneous? Yeah. Were, were yeah. you like, did you just call or did you think I'm like that morning? You're like, I'm going to call Charles Leclerc Chuck. No, I've always called anyone named Charles. I always call him Chuck. <laughs> right. I know uh, Charles takes too long. Plus, plus, <laughs> plus Charles. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no, and Chuck sounds cooler. Chuck yeah. Leclerc. Remember Chuck Yeager? Yeah. It, that it, guy was it, a badass. It punches. Okay. It, it, huh? it punches. I mean, yeah, Chuck, Chuck Leclerc Le- is like, put Chuck it on a Leclerc. billboard. Let's go. That guy fucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Charles Leclerc plays piano occasionally on Instagram. Chuck Leclerc gets fucking shit done. He fucking no, Chuck, is about uh, and, that action. Uh, and, and all the naysayers, and there was a few that got, you know... They were really sensitive and, you know, you had to tell them to have some milk and cookies and go to bed. But uh, if he shows up at the next race with Chuck on his helmet, <laughs> yeah, how do you like me now? I'm going to feel like yeah. Umo D. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you said in England you got Willie T. Ribs. Someone someone bestowed that on you and you took it. And I think right. you might be doing this for Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Chocolate there, excuse me. If, yeah. we, if we were to take a poll, yeah. If we were to take a poll, Chuck's gonna win 80%. Hell especially because you were like you said, is it Charles? Is it Charles? Chuck is just clean. Oh, yeah. I love Chuck yeah, I love easy. it. It's clean. But it was clean. that's that was what was so, also so great about it was that like everyone was up in a fucking like everyone was in a tizzy about about you fucking just saying it's just and, and I think as you know, the the American fans that like we get like little thing we you know sometimes we say botas instead of botas and like right. people lose their fucking minds because we're we're are you kidding me all, all the time oh, all I mean, the time they're like it's botas it's, it's they're botas. like they're like they can't even say his name right i mean people lose their <laughs> shit we get so on i mean dozens of comments on things about us there there's so many pearl clutching f1 fans <laughs> yeah and you know what they need they need more willy T motherfucking ribs fucking hurling out nicknames and fucking just well I'm just gonna say fucking right, get it telling them to tell him to fucking loosen the fuck up if, if, if they didn't like that wait till later <laughs> yes <laughs> wait well, later yeah and there's gonna be some nicknames coming out and the and the driver I'm gonna they're gonna have robes like boxing robes right <laughs> to the walk they're going to walk into the pits with the, their their name all over the back of it. <laughs> Honestly, you're making them more money because then they could fucking sell that shit. He's he can have a whole Chuck line. Oh, easily. I mean, you're getting a, you got to get a cut of that. I mean, <laughs> we 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 monsieur. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank you so much for 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 doing this. I, I you know I we're new in this in this world, but we we love it so much. And are you going to be at Austin this year? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You live in Texas, right? You live you yeah, live close I, I to the live track. Only about thirty five minutes from the track. We're we're trying to get there this year. We're trying to get there this this year. We're trying to do some type. We're, we we'd love to at some point be trying to do some type of like live Event, show yeah. type of thing yeah. even if it's in a bar somewhere like over the weekend and make it a whole make it a whole party so you got the the personalities to do it that's for damn sure <laughs> that's where that's where we're, we're trying to bring that i mean we're we're like two we're a couple kids from new york and we grew up listening to you know new york sports radio so we're just trying to bring new york sports radio energy into the formula one, one world we're trying to bring Ma- mike and the mad dog energy to f1 well um keep being mad <laughs> and you and you guys are young so and and uh and and you do your homework and you make it fun listening so um so you have you have um you had muhammad ali bill cosby uh paul newman uh 
just a million. You hung out with Arsenio Hall, Eddie Murphy. Don, we have Don Willie, King. Don King. Uh, Don King sponsored you. We fucking forgot it. How? What a fucking life that we didn't even get to Don King. We, 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 but we whatever. To Don King. Whatever. And Bernie Eccleston. We, Bernie I mean, Eccleston. You fucking Bernie Eccleston got you your fucking test at F one. We didn't even get to your fucking F one test where you finished a second below what they wanted you to do. But th that's how fucking crazy your life is. You had all those mentors. We got Willie T ribs. That's what we got. <laughs> Willie T. What's your advice for us and to all your listeners, to all of our keeps, listeners? Keep keep doing what you're doing. Uh, well, thank keep, you. Keep, Don't, keep doing what you're doing. You talked about I, uh, caps. Well, keep. <laughs> keep talking about pussy. Keep talking no, about cats, Matt. Cats. Yeah. Cats, right. Matt. You yeah. got to use Okay. We're talking about cats. <laughs> So, so whenever my girlfriend and I get in a fight, I'll say, Willie T. Ribs said, never change. <laughs> never, ever change. That's the only one you're not going to get away with. Okay. That's right. Okay. My, That's wife, right. Uh, my wife, uh, she is six foot two. She uh -huh. played for Montana State basketball. She's an absolute. Uh, she used to bail hay on her, her family's farm. Uh -huh. And she, yeah, she's stout. <laughs> Real stout. Yeah. So I changed. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, yeah, that doesn't fly. That doesn't fly yeah. there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're like, you're I might have been, I might have won all those fights in Fight Club, but it's not happening here. Okay. Your interviews, <laughs> your interviews pre-marriage are a little bit different than your interviews post-marriage. Oh, oh, I, I'm staying within the track limits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not getting these lap times deleted, okay? We're, yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah, putting yeah, in a nice, not... comfortable lap. We might not be yeah. putting it on pole, uh, but, you know, yeah, we're not getting that You might have hit deleted. a few curbs, but I think you did a nice job on this one. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank, well, thank, thank, thank yeah, you so, thanks much, so much, Willie. We we like to end this. We like to end this pod. If you if you could indulge us, we end this podcast. What we say is we from the drive to survive. Gunter Steiner Gunther says we look. Steiner. He says we we look like a bunch of vankas. So we end we enter each podcast by saying hello vankas, and at the end and we goodbye. say goodbye vankas. So would you indulge us with a with uh, contributing to a goodbye vankas? Goodbye vankas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Until Lily. next time, Bankers. Uh, right. Goodbye, Bankers.